0: Good morning. On this Saturday morning, welcome to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. We left off yesterday uh, talking about and finishing up where we were talking about the waters that flowed in different various ways into the promised land, a land of valleys, a land of uh, creeks and brooks and streams and rivers and lakes. Versus the land that they came up out of, the land of Egypt, where they had to water it by foot, as the scripture points out. The next verse is going to be Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 8. And as we read this, let's, let's kind of uh, go back and just simply reiterate the things that we covered in the first seven verses. We had talked about communication as the basis of life, exchange, the process of life, agreement, the power of life, and balance, the key. And you can begin to see all these things as we continue to read throughout the chapter. But we also learned that God was going to prove them. That means there's going to be crisis. Crisis is going to produce hunger in our lives. Hunger is going to produce search. We're going to have to seek for answers The searching process is going to bring us to revelation knowledge uh, as far as the way that God brings us in. Now, if we go in the other direction, we're going to wind up in things that our hunger is going to be either out of our soul and out of our flesh. And the things that we're going to search for are going to be the things that will satisfy the soul and satisfy the flesh. And ultimately, the revelation is going to be one of death, not one of life. And then as we continue, we're going to realize that we've made a grave error in walking after the flesh or after the sensual. But if we have a realization of the revelation of the Word of God, it's going to produce service in us. We're going to want to serve God. And in serving Him, we're going to have to yield to two things, to obedience and surrender. Well, as we look at Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 8, we begin to see how God provided and had made provision for the people of Israel. And remember, there's a parallel. As God dealt with Israel, God deals with the church in the sense that the promises are greater and better, the the blessings are greater and better, but nonetheless, there is a parallel as how he dealt with them to bring them up and out of the land that they were in and bring them into the land that he had promised. In the same way, he wants to bring us up out of where we were in our life and bring us into something much better, something new, something different. And the land that he brought them into was a land that provided various types of revelation for them brooks, streams, fountains, artesian artesian wells that were springing up, the deep waters. Now, all of these, we learned, they have a special place. And as we seek God, the bubbling up of the wells of salvation and the the deep counsel of God and the words that are used and we use in our life from the innermost part of our being and heart how they provide guidance for us as God is leading us and revealing to us and showing us the path and the way. He illuminates it with complete perfection of light because his word never makes a mistake. Now, we can make a mistake interpreting it, but the word itself is never a mistake or an error. So these were different ways, whether it was through a brook, through a stream, uh, The waters that are still so our soul can rest uh, and find peace. uh, Or whether it was a river to provide for the entire land. Or whether it was just something as simple as the rain. The dew from heaven. The rain coming down. The work of the Holy Spirit. He chooses to pour out of himself where. He wills, not where we want, but where he wills. Of course, there's intercession and prayer that is involved. But ultimately, God, severally, as he wills, chooses to do what he does. So that man cannot glory, man cannot take uh, any type of credit for it. But it is an independent work of God in the sense that God is the one that starts it. God is the one that finishes it. Well, that was looking at the revelation part. Now, let's look at the realization. Let, let, let's, let's do a comparison. If one has been accustomed to living a certain way, then many times when we get ready for change, we we carry some of the old habits, some of the old patterns, some of the old ideas into what we're going to do. It's always best to start a new relationship having dealt with the past and having a clean slate so that we don't carry a lot of this extra dead weight into the new thing that God is going to bring to us. Now, in the land that Israel came up out of, the land where they were in Egypt, it was a land that it says in the book of Numbers, chapter 11, verse 5, we remember, now this is them saying this, we remember The fish, which we did eat in Egypt, freely, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. If you will notice, there is six different things that are mentioned. Six in the scripture is always the number for man or humanity or the work that man does himself. It always represents man. Man was created on the sixth day. The number of the beast is going to be 666. This simply means that the land that they were in, they were the ones that were going to have to, uh, even though they had as much fish as they wanted freely, of course, somebody had to catch it. Somebody had to grow the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic. But these six things that are mentioned uh, in themselves are are actually uh, pretty healthy food to eat. But once again, we're looking at what man himself can accomplish. Now, it says in verse number 6 of Numbers 11, But our soul is dried away. There is nothing at all besides this manna before our eyes. An ungrateful and unthankful, bitter and murmuring and complaining spirit is what shows up when man is dependent upon his old ways and dependent upon how he does things. And when change comes, many times refusing the new change, and instead, wanting to stick around and still hold on to the past. the Well, this is the way that we did it. This is the way that we've done it. This is the way that we will always do it. God is a God of change for man. He does not change, but we do. Because change is a process. It is a process where we exchange one thing for another. Our sins have got to be exchanged for forgiveness. If they are not exchanged, we retain them. If we retain them, we will have to give account of them. Remember, we breathe in oxygen. But we exhale or exchange carbon dioxide. You cannot keep 100% oxygen or 100% carbon dioxide in your lungs and in your system. You've got to get rid of one. To bring in the other. It is the same process that we mentioned. That they themselves have now been promised by God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 verse 8. A land of wheat. A land of barley. Vines. Fig trees. Pomegranates. A land of oil. Olive. And honey. Honey. Now, it's not six things this time. This time it's seven things. Each one in particular reminds us and is supposed to remind them and will remind us as believers. The wheat speaks of the first fruits of Jesus being crucified and resurrected, and those that resurrected with him, the first fruits. The barley talked about, this was the second festival or feast that was celebrated. And this was celebrated roughly about 50 days later on the day of Pentecost. It talks about the next harvest coming in. And of course, that is uh, during the time that the Holy Spirit came and the disciples were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The vines, they speak about the branches also. He is the true vine, we are the branches. God is speaking to us when he speaks about wheat. God is speaking to us when he's speaking about barley. He is revealing something. Remember, the revelation is going to bring us into a realization so that we can enter into his service. The wheat needs to be harvested. But remember, tares are going to grow at the same time. But at the great and final harvest, they will be separated. It reminds us of the barley harvest that was done and accomplished and the breads that were made. The vine and vines remind us of the branches and of course the grapes. The grapes that are squeezed and pressed into that precious red juice, which reminds us that Jesus himself was going to shed his blood for us. The fig tree talks about Israel. When you see the fig tree coming back, then no. In other words, when Israel comes back into its land. See, every one of these things speaks to us of the revelations of God for our life and for our time. A land of Olive oil. The Christian walk should be a walk of the spirit, not a walk of the flesh. A continual anointing, a continual flowing of the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Bible says, be not drunk with wine and access, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. And then it talks about a land of honey, a land of sweetness, a land where there's plenty of bees, there's plenty of flowers. Therefore, honey is produced. As a result, it is a fruitful land. Because there is the bees, the honeybees, to be able to produce the honey. So, instead of it being like it was in Egypt, that they remembered the fish and they remembered the cucumbers and the melons and the leeks and the onions and the garlic, we are not to forget that we have been brought into a land of wheat Which involves, look at the fields. They're ready for harvest. The same thing with the barley. When we look at the vine, we have to remember that He is the vine and we are the branches. We cannot do anything apart from Him. Our very existence spiritually flows from the very life of the roots and the vine itself into our lives. If you sever the branch from the vine... That's it. It's going to dry up and it's good for nothing but to be cast into the fire. And then, of course, the fig tree, as we mentioned before. Now, the pomegranates are interesting because the pomegranates speak of the ornaments that were at the bottom of the uh, priestly garment of the high priest uh, when he wore it. But also the pomegranate uh, as an individual whole also talks about all the little red, uh, uh, little seeds that have been redeemed, separated by that little white skin that separates the little pockets, talking about the different segments and, 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 and areas of the of the believers that exist. But yet as a whole, any part of the pomegranate that you pierce is going to flow out red. So just by looking at the land that God was bringing them into, he's bringing them into a land literally of revelation. Revelation because the flow of the streams and the creeks and the waters and the rivers and the lakes and the artesian wells and the deep waters, all of these things to nurture and help cause the land that is planted to bear its fruit. Whether it was the barley or the wheat, whether it was the vines or the fig trees, whether it was the pomegranates or the olive oil, the land was going to produce. Why? Because of God's commanded blessing upon it. And what does God tell the people to do? While they themselves in numbers, we already saw, they forgot. But in Deuteronomy uh, 8, 9, it says, A land therein thou shalt eat bread. Without scarceness thou shalt not lack anything in it. A land whose stones are iron, and whose hills uh, thou may dig out brass. Okay, well, we've just about run out of time here. Consider this food for thought and for the imagination. Keep looking up. Our redemption draweth nigh. Join us on Sunday as we continue on our line of teaching, especially when we enter into service and obedience and surrender unto the Lord. The Lord richly bless you, in Jesus' name, amen.